Megan, it's a real pleasure to welcome you to to WEMcast. It's a rare opportunity to capture you at home when you're not off on expedition. So thank you for giving us the opportunity to to talk to you this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, it's yeah, it's nice to be in one place for a while. I've been getting into a bit of a routine and training and things. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually quite enjoying uh, some downtime and just being yeah, stable and yeah, in one place. It's really nice. And lots of people will already know who you are, but could you could you just give us a brief summary of your career and what you do and um, yeah, what your life involves? Yeah, it's always it's a funny one. Whenever I'm like filling in uh, declaration forms, it's like what your job is, and it's my job uh, covers so many different things. Um, so, I suppose my official title that gets bounced around a lot is expedition leader and survival and adventure consultant. Uh, so I spend sort of at the moment or recently, I've been spending sort of 10, 11 months a year away overseas uh, working, either leading expeditions um, or doing a sort of consultancy work for uh, big adventure shows uh, for TV. So for Discovery Channel, for Netflix, all of those sort of big, big um big shows and yeah on those I do a real mix of things so I get tend to get involved right from the very start uh, when they have like a concept uh, so they've got an idea so the channel or the production company have got a concept and we'll bounce ideas about how that might look um, and I'll put forward ideas for locations uh, and some of the challenges and things that maybe that we can utilize to get the best out of the uh, on-screen talent. Um, and from there, I'll then go out and recce the locations and look for locations and put together uh, a plan for, for maybe on the ground of what, what we're going to do there. Um, so there's very specific things that I look for when I'm out there on the ground. Um, and then once we start filming, then I'm involved in the safety. So making sure that the crew are safe, uh, rigging stunts and challenges. So rigging helicopters, doing boat safety, all that kind of really exciting stuff. And I, I imagine lots of people ask you this question. So what shows have you worked on that we've seen? <laughs> uh, so I mean, predominantly at the moment, I'm working with uh, Bear Grylls. Uh, I've been working with him for about 13, 12, 13 years now. Uh, so right from the very start with like the Man vs. Wild days. And now we are making shows like Running Wild and You vs. Wild. And it's been and although I work on other shows uh, as well um, it's just been incredible following his journey because all the way along we've been at the cutting edge of adventure filming uh, and it's been so amazing watching the entire industry grow and being part of the team that kind of sets the precedent of how these uh, shows are filmed so yeah it's, it's been an amazing amazing ride it wasn't uh my intention to to go down this route. I never knew that a career like this existed. Uh, so I feel very, very fortunate to have, have been in the position that, you know, things have, have gone the way that they do. And for people out there who would like to enter the industry and, uh, and are perhaps at the beginning of their careers, how, how did you find your, your way into it? And do you have a top tip for somebody that would aspire to do a similar job, the next generation? Yeah, so I get um, I get asked this a lot, actually. I get um, emails on a weekly basis of how do you do what you do? Uh, can I come and join you? Have you got any work going? I'm sure you get the same as well. Yep. Yeah, lots, of, lots of people getting in touch, uh, asking for work, which is brilliant. Um, so, I mean, in, in regards to my own career and how where I've 
got to um it's really hard to pin down like a set of steps i think all the way along i was very very open minded uh to what might come up um and taking opportunities when they arose uh and very early on i picked up quite a random set of skills so my background initially um was the mountaineering and the mountains uh and amazingly my 18th birthday present was my mountain leader award uh, so that's kind of how I funded my way through an outdoor degree, um, which was three years of climbing on a student loan. <laughs> but it's, I kind of funded my way through that by taking people out into the mountains by using the qualifications I got at my at what was the single pitch award at the time. I got my mountain leader, I'd got some mountain bike qualifications, and I funded my way through an outdoor degree uh, by taking people out. Uh, and then when I came to graduate. Uh, I I thought I'd going to go into the sort of really into the the mountaineering side of things, but complete like stroke of fate luck. Uh, I ended up doing a, an apprenticeship with a bushcraft company for a couple of years, which was like a full on immersion. Uh, it was in the Lake District uh, in the UK, and I'd be spending sort of six to eight months of the year out just living out in the woods, kind of teaching people, learning about bushcraft and then teaching people. Uh, and that's where I started doing uh, overseas expeditions was through that company uh, where we'd go and do sort of quite anthropological based trips. So we'd go and spend time with native peoples and then go and put those skills into practice. Um, and then that kind of, I suppose, kind of carved um, the, the sort of paved the way for, for my career to go from there because I then got the mountaineering skills with the rigging skills and I did a, a huge amount of um, climbing and things for myself I was just absolutely obsessed with that so from the rigging skills and the uh, bushcraft skills and then the expedition leading skills um, that combination then opened me up for being able to work with the tv stuff so when the tv production company got in touch to ask if I'd come on board and do the survival uh, do I was actually doing the rope they want asked me to do the rope rigging for um, a man vs world show like years and years ago um that they then realized I'd got the survival skills and stuff and I think it then just became cheaper to employ one person to do <laughs> a multitude of tasks rather than uh, yeah lots of people to do <laughs> all these different jobs and I think that in summary is perking up those um those skill set that you're personally really passionate about and then putting them all together. And sometimes it's the randomness of those skill sets that gives you an individual edge over over well, the marketplace um, and makes you more employable. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know I think, um, you know, going back to your original question, it's like this is what do it spending so much time on your own does means you're rambling when you actually talk to people. <laughs> um, so I mean, for, for anybody wanting to get into, um, you know, whether it's outdoor filming or the outdoor industry is to go out and get as much experience as you can for yourself in whatever discipline it is. Um, because I think you look on social media and things and we see, um, you know, we see these incredible pictures on Instagram, on Facebook, and we forget that, um, you know, there's been a huge path and a journey to get to the point where that person can take that uh, picture. So I think spending as much time outside as possible in the pouring rain and the freezing cold, knowing that you kind of enjoy suffering in a way, uh, kind of then paves your way and then go on and pick up qualifications, shadow uh, more experienced outdoor instructors um, as, as well. And yeah, kind of build up your career uh, that way. And I think one of the, um, as well, along with those technical skills, it's also, um, and certainly with our teams, it's incredibly important that you've got to be a team player and got to be able to work in a team. So gaining experience 
um, when you're younger, doing group outdoor activities like, I guess, Duke of Edinburgh and, and down here, 10 tours, um, climbing with friends, all that sort of stuff is, is equal as important. Yeah, absolutely. I think because when I started my career, the reason I wanted to work in the outdoor industry uh, was so I could spend more time outside climbing for myself. Um, and I, I very quickly realised after uh, you know, leading a few expeditions and getting so frustrated with my clients. And I really didn't enjoy it when I first started because for me, my personal adventures in the in the outdoors had all been about pushing myself as hard and fast as I could um, and exploring the world like on my own terms. And suddenly I've got a group of people with me that have all got their own different agendas. Uh, so maybe they're out there to take photographs. You know, maybe they're recovering from, you know, some traumatic experience and they want a more meditative uh, experience. And that is sort of that slower pace and things. I found it so incredibly frustrating. Um, and I was, I was actually really I was struggling with it because I was just I was getting so frustrated um, not being able to go at the, my own pace. Um, and I just remember very clearly on on an expedition I was leading, just coming to the understanding that this was not about me, uh, this this expedition and um, you know these clients, this was not about me and my own personal agenda in this. Uh, and then it became very much about my clients. And I now have quite two two quite distinct uh, personas when it comes to adventure. I have um, my guiding persona, and then I have my own. Thing. And I get just as much reward out of both sides of that. I now love, there's nothing better than going, like being on an expedition with somebody and helping them achieve the goals that they've been dreaming about for, you know, years or, you know, months or years uh, and riding this roller coaster of emotion with them to achieve, uh, you know, whatever it is that they've set out to do. It's absolutely incredible. And, you know, I'm still in touch with clients, uh, still in touch with young people. I used to do a lot of work for uh, companies like World Challenge, um, and you know, I'm still in touch with the young people who aren't so young anymore. Uh, you know, from sort of ten, yeah, you know, ten years ago, uh, who's you know s- still let me know like how how much of a, an amazing experience that they had in that country that's then kind of you know built their resilience up for what they do now, which is just incredible. I can imagine and and know that from my own guiding career. Um, the the foundation course you did your degree in in outdoor outdoor sports outdoor studies yeah where, where was that and does the, that course still exist um it was in the lake district so it was at uh, st martin's college in ambleside uh which i think is now the university of cumbria and i don't think the course has the same title um but it's it still runs in one form and form or another but it's the university of cumbria uh and my first and third year were spent in the predominantly in the UK. Uh, And my second year, I actually did an Erasmus exchange out to the Czech Republic um, to a university in Prague, uh, which was just, was actually kind of a pivotal moment, I think, in my, in my outdoor thinking, in my outdoor career, and kind of the way that I viewed uh, the outdoors, uh, because a huge part of the modules and things that I did out there for the year was all about like the philosophy and the psychology of of outdoor and why we go into the outdoors and all their lessons and all their exams that we take part in were all oral so it was all you'd sit down with a lecturer and you'd just have this deep philosophical discussion um for hours on end about you know why why I go into the outdoors why other people go into the outdoors and really exploring um that through kind of experiential education um and it was 
that it was so fascinating. I think that's where my real fascination now for, you know, why people go into the outdoors and the psychology of survival as well of like you know why in some survival situations uh some people will you know thrive and survive whereas other people just sit down and wait wait to die <laughs> and i think it's it's really fascinating at the moment with the current situation uh kind of seeing that kind of reflected in the way our society deals with things as well i mean and expanding upon that philosophy of survival, what um, what are you taking from that that you're now using um, on a daily basis in isolation? Um, so in isolation, um, I it's actually there are a lot of parallels between what I do on expeditions and um, you know what I'm doing at the moment as well, um, and there's quite a few of the trips that I've done in the past are you know expeditions where like I've literally been dropped out with just a machete and uh, usually a little medical pack um just in case uh and I'm looking after other people uh and when you're there dropped into that scenario for weeks on end and you know I have to hunt and forage for other people as well as myself there's a huge responsibility and obviously if you're not getting the food and the nutrients and getting enough sleep and things your body does start going downhill very quickly so there are certain things that I do as soon as I can within that structure um, to create myself kind of a goalpost if you like for during the day and it it just kind of happened quite randomly that you know in this situation at the moment at home in self-isolation those actually apply very, very well into, into this scenario. So the first thing that I do in any of those uh, sort of wilderness scenarios when I'm being dropped out is that I very, very quickly have to come to terms with like the situation. So it's all about acceptance and accepting the scenario that I'm in. You know, so things like if, you know, as you know very well, like, you know, if you're out in the jungle, it's really wet and miserable and everything wants to bite you and (laughs) scratch you. And, you know, after a couple of days in that environment, I mean, your body literally starts rotting. It's like your feet start, you know, the bottoms of your feet start falling off and things if you don't look after yourself. Um, So like accepting that you're wet and you're going to be in that scenario kind of takes the pressure off. And it's not about, you know, in enjoying it um it's you know it's just taking that you know knowing there's nothing you can do about that scenario uh and accepting the fact that then kind of frees up your mind and energy to be able to then put into things that you can control um in that environment Uh, and that's when the next stage comes in for me very quickly is getting into a routine and this is particularly important for me when in those survival scenarios because i know that for me the time frame is that the first three days, I feel pretty good. I'm kind of on this adrenaline high uh, of kind of getting everything together. But after day three, between about day three and day seven, it's like I crash. Um, And then after day seven, I kind of build back up again. Uh, It's like, I don't know, it's like maybe it's the it'd be interesting to know from, you know, medical perspective, what's going on. But it's like the body's then kind of, you know, freed up resources and energy. Um, so in those first three days, I have to go through that acceptance and then into creating a routine for me, which creates a structure, um, which gives me a sense of purpose and control over my situation. So that routine might be um, when I purify water, when I find and purify water, making sure that I tick those off uh, in the evenings uh, before, you know, before I go to sleep is to make sure that I've got my, um, I've done as much personal admin. So maybe like doing a full body check, you know, particularly in like, 
jungle environments where you make get might get a lot of parasites um, on your body or um, you know jungle rot and anything like that it's like doing a full body scan because it's so easy you know in those situations when you're tired you're hungry um, and exhausted to just not bother looking at those things and just kind of sit there and just you know not waste the energy um, so it's kind of giving myself a routine kind of gives me those pivotal points which is what I've done here as well because uh, in, in the morning I have my routine and uh, I kind of stick to that and it kind of gives me those gives me a reason to get out of bed in the morning. So it's in fact those are, that's it's a recurring theme with um with 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 folk that have done big long expeditions and then we're and then we're talking to them about the present situation. It's an acceptance that some things you can control, some things you can't. It's the things you can you can control, you concentrate on. Um, it's also about self discipline. So setting yourself a, a schedule for the day. One of when we spoke to Lou Rudder, whom I know you you know, he said he he wrote himself a short list for the day, but always left him one one thing to do for the next day, which would then get added on to the next day's list. So now that's a and also we spoke to Mike Barrett at NASA. You know that's a recurring theme. So I think that's that's all good, really good, solid advice for for people out there who might be struggling with isolation. One thing I wanted to ask you that it's it struck me that when you started your your media career, I suspect in your world you were going into a male dominated environment, and I wondered whether at the beginning of your of your career, as you were establishing establishing yourself, you felt isolated in that, or whether that wasn't an issue at all. Um, it's interesting. I mean, in terms of gender, um, it's actually only more recently that um, that my gender has become more of an issue. Uh, when I first started, like, I mean, for me, like in regards to spending time in the outdoors and participating in adventurous activities myself, like my gender has never, never, ever been an issue. Like it's, I've never questioned it. Uh, in fact, I was actually quite surprised a few years ago when it kept coming up. Uh, sort of, I suppose when I, uh, you know, ended up in the media <laughs> by chance. And it's like, you know, that was then something that all the journalists wanted to know about was how my gender affected things and it's like for me it was it's never ever stopped me doing what I do I just I've never even I never even considered it and I think I was very very fortunate uh I was uh, in the military cadets um when I was younger and all the way and through that I was allowed to go off and do all this incredible adventurous training uh without any female cover which I know now would be unheard of but uh, my parents okayed it the um the, the guys that ran it ran the cadets uh, okayed it as well um and you know I feel so blessed that, that I was allowed allowed to do that um but yeah I, I think it's only sort of more recently within the tv industry and where I suppose where my career is I don't know where well, I don't really know where my career is going <laughs> in terms of like in front of camera stuff and things but um that side of it because the there's a recipe that works you know we're confronted in the media all the time with um what an adventurer looks like and it's not this it's not me <laughs> you know it's uh it's it tends to be you know an ex-military uh male um and that's that's an image that's then being drummed into people's heads all the time uh so it's it's very hard then to make you know for to kind of change people's perceptions on things uh but which is where i think social media is so very powerful because there's lots of incredible adventurous women now out there just doing their thing and that will sow the seed of change in 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 things um 
there have been times that like my gender has made me feel quite isolated, uh, particularly when I'm working in cultures that uh, don't see women as as equal. Um, and that's that when I because I, I mean, I've obviously I've been you know working in this industry uh, you know, since the age of seventeen, uh, so a very quite a young age I suppose in my early 20s I was then going off to these cultures and working in these cultures and you know running teams with these with in these cultures and you know initially uh the my ego was you know getting in the way of that because I'd get so upset and frustrated if they wouldn't take me seriously or would ignore me um uh so but I you know once I was able to put my ego aside it was then about uh finding other ways of getting the job done so by um asking you know a trusted male colleague uh, or a trusted local that could actually then help run, you know, that the project for me uh, and be my voice, if you like. Um, and that takes, you know, a lot of willpower and things to be able to set aside uh, your ego uh, where, you know, that maybe somebody else might get the credit for, for things, but ultimately it's got to be about, um, about getting the, the job done. Um, I suppose that, you know, my, my gender has uh, at times, uh you know it has put me at risk uh you know there has been a couple of times over my career where I have been attacked um from you know being in those uh, putting myself out there in those um scenarios so you know I am very very aware of that and that aspect and of uh, of keeping myself self safe um and I was watching for a while this kind of movement on um on social media and things which was about encouraging women to go traveling to all these remote places um and that really concerned me. And I'm quite glad, actually, that seems to have gone a bit quieter now because some of the, you know, some of these cultures you have to accept. We're so privileged in the West, in the Western world, but you have to understand that if you're going to travel to these places, you you are entering a different culture and, you know, you are not equal. And understanding that and having empathy for that goes a long way to, you know, having a much more enjoyable and safe experience. You mentioned that the... Um pre-COVID, the the stereotype of what an adventurer looks like. Do you think as we come out the other side of COVID and we get to we have the opportunity to question some of the, the stuff that we took as basic tenants before, that we're in a situation now where we can question you know, what a celebrity is, what they look like, um, and actually re- <laughs> reset the balance slightly so that true heroes come to the fore rather than, um, well, perhaps people who are less sort of uh, worthy of that title. Um, I, I love that. I love that so much. You know, I th- I think um, we take the NHS, and this is something I've thought for a long, long time, actually, is that we take the NHS so for granted here in the UK. And it's, you know, it's not until you travel to other cultures and countries that you realise, you know, how fortunate we are that all our treatment is is free or you know uh you know if you're paying for prescriptions it's minimal cost you know whereas in other countries it's so expensive and a lot of countries don't even have um access to healthcare you know as we're seeing now as i've kind of been following different countries and seeing how they're responding um and, and we are so so fortunate um and i think we've taken it for granted uh, unfortunately i think as as human beings we very much live in the moment and as much as I love the idea that we're going to take the lessons that we've learned forwards, it also worries me that, you know, once it's all over, everybody goes back to, you know, if things go back to normal, um, that we'll, we'll forget very quickly. And I think all the way through um, our history, 
uh, we've always needed uh, people that we can idolize. You know, there's something there's something in that, whether it was like deities, whether it was, you know, in the Romans, you know, their uh, gladiators. And now, you know, with maybe with our footballers and things, there's we there's obviously something in us that needs to be able to idolize that sort of, uh, you know, that sort of celebrity. Uh, so I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I hope we'll just it will have a more grounded respect for, uh, you know, the people, the backbone of our society. What, um, I mean, you've had an opportunity, in fact, we've all had an opportunity for those of us that aren't um, working on the front line or, or key workers, you've had an opportunity to um, spend some time in isolation and reflect. Are there things about the way that your change, your outlook and life um, as we come out of, hopefully come out of COVID and go back to, you know, um, whether it's a new normal or the old normal? Um. Well, I think because I've always told myself that I don't take anything for granted, uh, but I think we do. Um, I think it's part of human nature uh, to take things for granted to some extent. And particularly, you know, for me, my career has has involved travel, um, you know, well, for the majority of it. So, you know, for the past 15 years, so like I've I've been traveling Uh, and I I guess to some extent I have taken that that for granted. So it'll be interesting to see what comes, you know, what comes at the end of all of this uh, and, and where we go and how that affects international travel uh, and international productions uh, and, ex- and the expedition uh, world as well. I mean, it does make me realise, you know, that it is important to have, you know, like a safety net underneath you like I like I would build into an expedition like with a risk assessment and things that you know in our everyday lives as well that we do have some form of form of safety net but what that looks like at the moment it's like <laughs> I you know I, I don't know but there's uh, there's still time to plan what um and um with time to plan what projects are you are you if you can tell us what they are or divulge them even what projects are you working on at the moment um, well, I've just um, I've I've planned a uh, like an online sort of resilience course. It's kind of a dive into the kind of the science behind um, you know what's going on in the brain, the fear response. It's like takes dive into the fear response, um, and it was something that had been, uh, had been planned for quite a while and was supposed to be filmed professionally. Uh, but obviously this kind of put a bit of a hold on it. So I've actually filmed it myself and put it up there, which it will be refilmed and look a lot more shiny once it's all over. But it's it's on um it's on a membership platform um that that um that I've created. Uh so yeah, that's that's quite exciting actually. And seeing the response to people from that, because it's we're exploring like why our emotions are so difficult to control uh, and looking at kind of like the primal part of the brain as opposed to kind of like more the more human part of the brain. So yeah, I saw I've find it really fascinating to look into that and where where can people find that well, we'll put it in the show notes um, anyway but just uh amazing to... <laughs> yeah so it's um it's uh, called heinkenobi.com um and you can find it through the link on my instagram page which is at megan hein perfect um one last well in fact two last one one last question and one last request have you ever been with I know that you're an extremely uh, thorough planner and, you know, the trips that you go on and, and the, the projects you work on are, are planned to the finest detail. But, of course, the thing about the outdoors and adventure is, you know, no plan lasts as long as the first contact with danger typing. Have you ever got to um, a point in time where you just thought, out, we've just gone a step too far here and I feel completely at risk? 
Um, yeah, I mean, it does happen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as, as you know, like an expedition never goes exactly as planned. <laughs> uh, so you know, what I do like with the risk assessments and with like, you know, scouting out beforehand or, you know, there's expeditions that I lead that I've, you know, I've never been to that location before or we're getting access to an area that, you know, no Westerner or no film crew's ever been to before. So we kind of have to plan things out on the ground. So for me in those situations, it's just really important to have like a security net underneath. So, you know, things like, if things go wrong, how do we get out? Do we have the right medical equipment with us? Do we have the right personnel for, for the job? And building that safety net, which then means that, you know, when the shit does hit the fan or, you know, things change that, uh, you know, that we've got that safety net there that we can kind of fall back into. Um, but yeah, there are just certainly situations where, you know, where things uh, completely, you know, happen that you just can't predict. So, you know, I've been in areas where we've had experienced uh, landslides, uh, natural disasters, uh, you know, been caught in like sort of between warring tribes, uh, gunfire of warring tribes. And uh, there was a time in the Thailand in Thailand where uh, I actually ended up getting chased through the jungle by some guys with AK-49. So <laughs> that was, yeah, that was quite exciting. So Megan, um, if you could record, oh, it's an opportunity to record a message and pass it on to to our key workers, you know, whatever they're doing, whether it's for the NHS, whether it's delivery drivers, whether it's food people keeping our food on in the stores and everything else. Um, if you could deliver a message, what would it be? Um, if I could deliver a message, it would just be a huge, huge thank you. Uh, you know, I think there are certain roles within our society that, you know, keep our society going and we've taken them for granted for so long you know they're kind of like the heroes behind the scenes and I love that they're now getting the spotlight and people are actually seeing what these incredible individuals do so just a huge huge thank you to to anybody at the moment who's on the front line and carrying on and doing their job. Thank you Megan it's been as always an absolute pleasure to talk to you on uh, and um, the 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 episode on webcast will be up very soon and we look forward to speaking to you again in the very near future. Thank you for having me.